This is the Catos Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 6, Episode 11. Cultivating a Global Mindset, Wales. Hi, I'm Michael, and welcome back to the Catos Podcast. Hope you've been enjoying this season where we've been looking at cultivating a global mindset. How can you become aware of different people in different countries and bring that global awareness into your business, into your life? And we've had some incredible countries when we've been reflecting on places I've been and lessons I've learned. I've got a very interesting one that's very dear to my heart, really from my childhood, and it's Wales today. So I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. Fantastic people, some of the best in the world at all the things they do. And they deliver masterclasses and you can turn them live or you can watch the recordings. And if you just comment on something that you enjoy about these episodes, you'll be entered into a draw and you'll uh, join my friend Daniel Wuber, who won last competition to win a whole year's subscription to Masterclass is completely free. So to win that, you just email michael at kataholos.co.uk, something you enjoyed from this season, or just comment on social media or wherever you're watching and listening to this. And if you click on the link in the show notes as well, you can buy yourself a copy of my new book. It's called Loving Leadership, and it's my moral, cognitive, and ethical framework to help inspire and support leaders and business owners. And something very special I'm hoping this is going to be ready for the next episode, episode 12, which will be the season finale and creating something uh, really special for you and it's totally free and you'll be able to download it in the show notes from the next episode, so look out for that very soon. Every country that we've taken time to think about and explore throughout this season has been really special to me and Wales is no exception and in today's episode I want to really reflect on a lot of the lessons that at the time I didn't realise I was learning <laughs> through the uh, the country of Wales and let's just get straight into it. So uh, we went specifically when I was a child to a place called Anglesey. So Anglesey is an island off the north, kind of mainland northwest coast of Wales and if you've never been to Wales, Wales is a country, it's part of the United Kingdom, borders England and where we used to go we used to stay in this cottage, and there was no TV, no Wi-Fi. Well, Wi-Fi didn't even exist then, but no TV. Had an outdoor toilet, and I remember when I was younger, I had great times. But I used to say to my mum and dad, "Why are we going here? Like it's good, but why can't we go to Spain or why can't we go somewhere really sunny?" And I didn't understand at the time why we're we going back to the same place. Why don't we go to different places every time? And we used to go for two weeks every summer to Wales, and we built up such a good relationship with the people who owned the cottage, there were farmers called the Joneses, they're amazing people, that we became like the sole tenants of this cottage. Like we were the only people that used to go to this place and we were able to put our own furniture and things and we built a relationship with them over a period of over 30 years and it was amazing. I used to say to mum and dad, like, why, why are we here? And they didn't really answer me or even if they'd have told me, I wouldn't have understood. But now I understand that they needed a break from people. Where we used to go is very, very quiet. There's hardly anybody around. It's it's beautiful. It's right by the beach and the cliffs and it's surrounded by this gorgeous landscape of Wales. And both my parents at the time were teachers. And so they needed a break from people. They needed to get away from everybody. And the lessons that I'm going to share with you today, I didn't realise they helped me so much as they did as when I reflected back on this country. I was thinking, what did I learn from 
the many, many years and the many, many summers going to this beautiful country. And this is the first one. It's that especially if your work involves people, so if you're a teacher, if you're a business owner, if you're a manager, if you're working what we call public facing, you're doing the public all the time, you know, there's people and you're very close to them, you know, uh, you need a break from them. You need a break from them, especially if you like people, if you're a people person, you do still need a break from them. And it's something that I learned over the past few years. If you're an introvert, so of introverts and extroverts, created by Carl Jung, and if you actually look up the definition of it, introverts mean that they need time away from people to rest and recover. They might love being with people and enjoy working with them, but they need time away to rest and recover. Extroverts are the opposite. You don't need time away from people. You get energy from being with people. And it's taken me a long time, several years, to realise that I'm not an extrovert. I'm more introverted. I love people. I love being around them. And sometimes it's just what I need. But a lot of time, I like to be on my own. I like to be around nature. I like space. And I think that was really instilled into me through years and years and years of going to Anglesey. And I didn't realise when I was a child how much those summers were nourishing me, getting away from everything, really. But definitely now. And that's paradoxically, I think, why... I like to go to so many different countries because I had so many years in this one country that taught me the value of recharging and going away and getting away from people. And I think if I'd have gone to different places, I wouldn't have really understood that first lesson. It taught me that you do need time away from people to recharge. So that's something that you might want to think about. You know, when you go on holiday, are you surrounded by people? And, you know, is it just the same as at work or could you maybe go somewhere a bit quieter if it suits you and suits your personality. The second thing which it taught me, because most of the holidays when I went to Wales were family holidays, me and my mum, my dad, my brothers. There were things that they did. They didn't make a big thing of them, we just kind of did them. It showed me that family time, especially on holiday, um, can instill powerful paradigms in setting your children up for success. So if you're a parent, the way that you do things with your children We'll set up paradigms in their mind. A paradigm just means the way it is. So you'll have a paradigm around money, you know, and the way you talk to them around money, the way that you interact around education, learning, or health and fitness, or the internet and screen time. You'll be passing on these paradigms to your children of this is the way it is. And they can really be amazing for setting your children up for success. And there were two that my parents instilled in, in us as children that I only really realised you know, when I was reflecting on this, because again, when you just assume it's normal, we everyone's like this. The first one was we used to go, it's called mushrooming. So in Wales, um, a lot of places in Wales, you get a lot of mushrooms and they grow. And in Wales, the ones that you eat are white. And you have to be careful with this because I made this mistake when I went to France. <laughs> they eat different coloured ones. Usually the more colourful, the better. But uh, in Wales, you don't want to have what's called puffballs or toadstools. You don't eat those. You go mushrooming. And there needs to be a lot of sun and rain for mushrooms to have grown. And we used to go, my dad used to take us out for hours and hours. And as a child, he used to say, oh, carry me home. I can't go this far. We'd be out for hours. It was a long time uh, searching and hunting for these mushrooms. And you'd see all sorts of great things on the way. You'd see like pheasants, these birds in the bushes. And I can vividly remember when you'd find one or you'd find a group. Hey, I found some, I found some. And then you go back the next day. And they might not be there and you'd be hunting for them because I didn't know what I know now. It's like it's all to do with under the ground and they grow in these areas. And so that was the first paradigm it set up was like fitness 
We used to swim in the sea. We used to play tennis on the beach. We used to you know, go mushrooming, right on about all the time, all the time. And I didn't realise, but that was something that my parents obviously thought about. They thought, I'm not just going to sit in the house all day and get out and about. So it's the first kind of paradigm that it instilled in me, which was a love of health and fitness, because my dad was very fit and he used to be a marathon runner. And the second one I think is really interesting, so you might want to try this if you've got children, especially if you're in business. They came up with this incredible system to help to motivate us to be well-behaved on holiday, because if you think about it, if you've got several children, there were four of us boys, right, four boys, and you're in a small cottage with a black and white TV, and at one point we had no TV, no internet, all this. What are you going to do? How are you going to make sure they actually are well-behaved? And what they did was they came up with this thing called a point system. So this was before I was you know, young enough to get a job. And what they said is, you think about something that you'd really like, a computer game or, I don't know, a piece of clothing or something at the start of the summer, and tell us what it is. And we're going to set you a total, like a tally chart on the wall, right? And you have to get this many points through doing good behaviour, through setting the table, through being kind, through helping out. Every time you do something like that, you'll get some points and you've got to get a total, a certain total. We'll tally it up on the wall and if you get the total, at the end of the summer, you can get the thing. If you don't, you won't. Oh, it's clever. It was so clever. And again, I didn't even realise that most people didn't do this. But talk about delay gratification, the ability to work towards a goal, which is now essential for me in business. But, you know, to be able to say, I'm working towards this amazing thing. I can't see it yet, but every effort I make is, is taking me closer. I remember I used to get really good at it. I remember I wanted a PlayStation 2 back in the day. And I started by writing this big letter and you have to say, this is why I want it. This is why I think it would be a good thing in my life. And they'd set this ridiculous, like thousands and thousands points total, you know. And it worked. And I remember I used to create the tally charts with our names on and pictures and total up all the points. And it's a brilliant thing to do. That kind of hard work pays off. You're working towards something. It was meaningful. The genius, stroke of genius from my parents. So well done, mum and dad. So maybe try that out if you're a parent. But the point I'm making is that we had that time to do that. I think if we'd have tried to just do that in normal daily life outside of being in Wales, it wouldn't have happened because it was a special time. I was like, right, in these two weeks, we're going to make it special. We're going to do it in this way. We're going to you know, really go for it with the health and fitness, even though they didn't say it like that. And we're going to you know, do these points. And again, they're smart parents. They didn't to make it into this massive thing and say, we're going to do this, everybody. They just did it. It was just normal. It was just standard. So that was the second thing I definitely learned through every summer in Wales that as a parent or even as a, just a family member, you can instill some very powerful paradigms to set your children up for success. The third one is a beautiful thing to say. And it's the relationship um, that we had with the people that owned uh, the cottage, the Joneses. And so the lesson I learned was to really pay attention and listen to the wisdom and the knowledge and the learning of elders, of, of people from different generations. Because the Joneses, you know, they were private people, they were farmers, but they opened up not just the cottage to us, but like their house to us. We would go and visit them um, regularly and they'd invite us in, into their house. And I used to remember looking up at all the things on the wall. They had these like bull horns on the wall and all these things that were totally different to our house. And as I think about it now, as I'm older, I realise they were very private, quite shy people. But they opened up their house to us, you know, and, and to us as children. And they, they, we had some real fun and they were so kind and patient with us. 
they had a dog called Spot. I remember being scared of this dog because it was a working dog and he used to bark at us as we came to the, the farm, but he never hurt us. And I used to listen to Mr. Jones when he used to talk about, he used to go to um, go to school in Ireland. He used to get the ferry across from uh, Hollyhead in Anglesey to, to Ireland. And he was born in the cottage, this stone cottage. And he was born like over a hundred years ago from kind of when I was talking to him at the time, I think he was in his 70s and then his 80s. But he used to describe how far he used to walk just to get the ferry and then how far he used to walk to school. I know my father highly respected him and talked about the wisdom that he had. And he did have wisdom. He was actually interviewed on a TV program once about the local area. And he used to just listen to him, listen to what he said. And I remember he had a big smile and he used to have some of his teeth missing when he got older. So he had this big kind of toothless grin and I I can see his face now. And the way he he used to tell stories and he had a very strong accent. So obviously with the missing teeth, you have to, you had to listen carefully to what he was saying. But he had some real wisdom when he was talking about the land, when he was talking about certain areas on the island where they weren't allowed to build houses because it was considered natural beauty, a beautiful natural place, which was really good. And they used to talk about, you know, um, how the place had changed and what life used to be like when they were younger. And I really thought about that, the wisdom that he had. And he loved what he used to do. He had a quad bike and he used to ride this quad bike around, you know, in his 80s, no problem. And he was a fantastic role model for me to see somebody out there tending his land and just perfectly happy. So paying attention to those, you know, those older people, because when they're gone, they're gone. And he's gone now, bless him, they both are. But I think back to what they said and I have this one beautiful memory from, it was Halloween and I dressed up and I went down to the house because I wanted to share with them, you know. It's Halloween time, for some reason we're there in, in October. And I said, oh, you've got to close your eyes and put your hands out. And I put this, like, jelly in their hands. And, you know, they weren't my grandparents. They weren't my family. But they played along. And we've got a photo of them with their eyes closed with their hands over their eyes. You know, they could have said, oh, leave us alone. You know, you're just our tenants. But it wasn't like that. They were more like family. And so that taught me a lot. You know, you can open up your home, your, your life to people and build these amazing relationships. And that was over a period of 30 years. I don't think we'd have kept going back to Anglesey if it wasn't for the Joneses. So if you've got those special people in your life, you know, cherish them while they're here. And the fourth lesson they taught me, which is which is really good, is if you find a special place, like my mum and dad obviously found Anglesey, you know, hold on to it. Don't let it go. Make sure to revisit it. It's doing something for you. It's, it's nourishing you somehow. And I understand that it was a very, very special place. And the cottage, as we went more and more and became like the sole tenants of it, we used to open it up. So my brothers used to take their friends there. We had two people, I think two couples from the family and friends who had their honeymoon there. And they benefit from that place and, and it nourished them. And they've written us letters and emails to say how many special memories that it has given them. So if you have a place maybe near you or somewhere you go on holiday somewhere in the world, that's special it keeps calling you back you don't know what it is but there's just something about it and you keep going back to it again and again and again go to that place spend time with that place it doesn't even matter and one of the mistakes that i've made in the past and people make sometimes on holidays they have a really good time and then when they go the next time they want it to be just like the last time well it was never like that with anglesey every time was yes we had some things we did the same but every time was different and we never tried to make it 
the same as last time. And I remember, I think something that sums it up really well was we used to what we call blackberrying. Again, just a normal thing we did in the lane leading down to cottage were all these blackberries. And we used to pick them. And, you know, my mum used to put them into a blackberry crumble, which is still my favourite crumble to this day. And sometimes you go and there'd be loads, and sometimes there wouldn't. Sometimes they weren't just ripe. Sometimes you'd have to get over the brambles and get past the spiders, you know, webs to get them. And you get a massive haul and sometimes you wouldn't, you'd be disappointed. But it, it kind of didn't matter because it was about being out there together in Blackbring. And I think that's what I'm trying to say about this place. Every year it brought the blackberries. Every year it brought the good times. Every year it would offer something if we slowed down and just kind of listened to it. And my love for going in the sea comes from Anglesey. You can trace so many things back that I love to be and love to explore and love to cherish that back to Anglesey. And again, paradoxically, I think now that I've been there so many times, I don't feel the need to go there anymore. Um, so my family do and they carry on, but I carry it with me in my heart. It's always with me, you know, the Joneses and all the good times. And I like finding new places now and thinking at one point Anglesey was new for my mum and dad. So maybe I'll find my own special place, just like Anglesey, but maybe a little bit different. So if you've got a special place, hold it, visit it regularly. If you haven't, keep searching because you can find one. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Those are some things that really make me smile when I think back to cultivating that global mindset because sometimes it's not the things you do on purpose, it's just the way you've been brought up and then you look back on it and say, oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> so uh, until we talk again, just remember two things. You know, One, you, you can take a time away from people to recharge. What kind of paradigms you're instilling in your children? Paying attention to the wisdom of elders. Have you got a special place? Just take one of those things to heart and maybe have a think about it. And the second thing is, even if you don't, just know right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care. I'll see you in the season finale in the next episode. It's got some brilliant positive facts, random positive facts about Wales. Did you know that the longest place name in the UK, which I can't pronounce, sorry, is in Wales? Just Google it. Second thing is there's more castles per square mile in Wales than in any other country. In Wales, a lot of people still speak Welsh. One in five speak Welsh. And in Wales, the letters K, Q, V and Z are not actually used in the Welsh language.